So Tolly, what bubble are we popping today? I don't know, Carla. Let's find out. Holly. I'm Carla. And this is another episode of Popping Pop the, the Bubble. Wow. Wow. This is a really special episode for me. Truly it is, yeah. Well, first of all, how are you doing this fine Sunday, Carla? You know what? I'm good. Um... Well, it's, today's not Sunday. We're recording on Friday, September 11th. I feel like we should stop lying to y'all about that. We don't record. <laughs> yeah, we don't record the same day. <laughs> we don't record the same day. That's the <laughs> um, Yeah, so today is Friday, September 10th. It is currently 9.37 p.m. Um, we have school tomorrow morning. Today was the first day. Our first day. Last day. Last day. It was our last first day. Yes. Granted, we've been here almost a week because we are student leaders and apparently varsity athletes now, and it's not me, guys. It's me. I'm the varsity athlete. I'm the varsity athlete. Can we just take a second to talk about this? Just a few episodes ago, I was like, varsity athlete who? I don't do sports who? And now look at me, a volleyball varsity athlete. sweated you should be. I, this is tmi but i vomited during pre <laughs> i passed out i mean i'm a varsity athlete and it only took four years who would have thought the same year i quit a varsity sport tolly's gonna take one up like what yep. Listen, I said this was going to be my year. I didn't know I was talking about sports-wise, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> tell, him, tell him what sport, Tali. <laughs> Volleyball. Um, y'all should come if you're only on St. George's campus, but you all should come to my games. Our games. Well, first of all, it's the first volleyball ever. I get to be part of history. Like, I just think that's amazing. I'm just like so happy every day I come to practice I'm like oh my god I'm part of a team and I'm not the manager like <laughs> not the manager oh my god yeah good on you I'm so proud of you I never in a million years would have expected this from you but it's the last you 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 stuck it out you were dedicated I I am proud I'm so proud. Thank you. And I will be supporting you at your games. That's right. Varsity. <laughs> I'm going to make a big poster of just your face. Okay. Blown up. Yeah. Oh. Like blown up. For those of y'all who don't know, I've been obsessed with faces being blown up <laughs> yeah. the past two weeks. She, so, she, yeah. she wants to put them everywhere. Like on Keychains, posters, hats. Honestly, I'm down. I just want my face blown up. <laughs> yeah. 
that, well, that doesn't sound egotistical at all. Oh no, it's very confident of me. So this is confidence, not ego. All confidence of a varsity athlete. Oh, okay. chill. I'ma let you have it. I'll let you yeah. have it. Yeah, but um, before we start, we actually have some pretty happy, exciting news. A lot of happy, exciting news. Okay. I'm really happy. <laughs> a lot has happened in these last like twenty, the last two days. Yeah. You want to say the first one? Um, I don't know what the first one is. <laughs> which, which way? What do we have? Okay. Well, I'll do this. Well, first of all, we've hit about 800 listeners in total over the past of what is now, counting this episode, 20 episodes. Not counting this episode. Well, not counting this episode. And I just, I just, wow. 800 people. Or at least over 800 times, people have sat down or driven or ran. Whatever y'all do when you listen to this podcast. Is that, isn't that crazy? People have listened to our voices eight, over 800 times. I know I can't do that. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how y'all do it, but thank you. No, really, thank you. Like, Maybe a thousand by October 11th for one year anniversary. Carla says she thinks that Carla thinks she says it's too much, but I stretch. I don't know. I feel like we can two more. If I have to listen to it 50 more times, down. You will. I will. But it really does mean a lot to us. And with that, we really want to say thank you to Yasmin, our editor. Yes, Yasmin. <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> would not be possible without her at all. It like, truly I, would not. I don't know how to edit or use a computer. So I just show up and say happy Sunday. So <laughs> I'm serious. I really just show up. And yeah. Our second really big thank you goes to Jane. Jane is. I want to say our creative director. She has made all of our art, has helped us with our creativity, and um, has helped us with some exciting stuff that we have coming for you soon that we can't we can't say too much about, but we are incredibly excited about. Um, and so those two people have truly been the most helpful. Jane and Yasmin have literally helped us get this thing going from the very beginning. We were like, we want to start a pad- podcast, we need your help. And they were like, bet, got you, no questions asked. And they have truly been there for us through this entire process, and we owe a lot to them. Um, that being said, Tali, you want to, um, I feel like you could. We got awards last night. We let me explain this for people who are not at school. We had convocation, which is like a big pre-assembly before the first chapel of the year. Chapel of the year, and you know some awards are given out. Well, these awards were supposed to be given out during Prize Day last year, which is graduation for those of you who don't know. And well, underclassmen weren't there, so basically they're calling. Well, first of all. Congrats to Carla for being a top scholar because 
when I when I told you I was at the top of my class, I wasn't playing. This schoolwork is very rigorous. <laughs> you want to tell me about it? Yeah, and you know, I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, but me and Carla, we won two awards actually, and we won our first award was the Conrad Young Award, which is really given to a student in the fifth form. So this was supposed to be last year. Um, that you know is involved in the community in diverse ways and shows up and you know supports the community. Usually it's given to one person and me and Carla were very privileged to have received it at the same time and you know and I just I was so surprised. I was like shocked. I was crying. <laughs> me too. I was just like I I can't even explain to you my my like body my mind was not I don't even know I transcended society yeah <laughs> after after they called my name for top scholar I was already like Ugh. like I really did not see it coming I was we were like what <laughs> but, I mean it really goes to show like I think this actually fits very well with our PWI stories. Like, I just, I'm, I'm still speechless. Like, um, I know this doesn't seem like a big deal, but I just like, it's a big deal for me. It's a big deal for us. It's a we're huge being, deal. We're being recognized for something that we've put blood, sweat, and tears. Not literal blood. We haven't bled for this podcast just yet, but sweat and tears, and it really means a lot. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think I understand the full love and support we got from the school until yesterday, and then we got a second award, which that one was even crazier to me because I was like, when they said, okay, they like said our podcast, they were like popping the bubble, and I was like. Oh shoot, that's yeah. I was like I was like no because everybody was like oh once they said mixed media I was like y'all know a lot of people do mixed media at this school but when they said pop in the bubble I was like oh my god we're elite it's real no, we made us, it it was so awkward because they had said popping the bubble so we knew it was us but they hadn't announced our names yet <laughs> so we were just sitting there staring at each other like dude is this real the entire I, so yeah, really, thank you, St. George's. Yeah, thank you to the staff. More specifically, the students, our peers. I feel like every week someone comes up to me and they're like, I just listened to your podcast, it was really good. I'm like, oh shoot, thank you. Like it it I don't I don't really I don't really know the words. This is really like a thank you session. You know? Honestly, I like the amount the amount of adults who have come up to me the amount of peers who have come up to me and said i listened to your podcast i loved it or i listened thank you for sharing that with us like i that's the reason why we started this in the first place this is this is called popping the bubble and a lot of that came from our experience at a pwi that's sort of what inspired us to start this journey and the fact that people in our community and we were so scared to put that out too Tali and I literally sat down and talked about this, debating whether or not we wanted to put our story out there and, and do that, even while we're, we're still at St. George's. And 
because we didn't want to we didn't want to stir the pot but at the same time the intention is to stir the pot okay yeah, shout out to the house center they was ready to make free tolerance <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we know that you're listening and we love you for it yeah but seriously i i have felt so much love in these last few days with the amount of people who have come up to us and congratulated us and just the fact that I get to do it with you, Tali, one of my best friends. Like, oh, man. We, we did this together, and we're not done. We're going to keep going for as long as possible. Yeah, I was going to quit, but I feel like now that I'm recognized. <laughs> no, we're joking. I'm, I hope nobody takes that seriously. But, um, yeah, really, thank you. Thank you to everyone who's listened, who will be listening, who's listening right now. I mean, we got some big things planned. Like, <laughs> um, we can't say too much. We can't say too much. We can't say much at all. But I want to say so much. I know you do, but like, keep it under wraps. Just, a, just give it a month. Literally a month from. That's right. Actually, a month and a day from today. From today, but also when this comes out, it'll be less than a month. You're right. That's so. true. So yeah, be patient with us. Um, we have some really exciting stuff planned. I can't wait. It's I will say though, it's for our one year, our one year anniversary of the day that we started this on October eleventh. Um, I'm excited. I know Tali is excited, and I don't know. I just I want to talk about it, but we can't. Enough of the thank you. The twelve people first. I won't be the last time we say thank you. As you all know, this is our last episode of the pwi series for now for now, Welcome back. For now. I'm, I'm drafting my book as we speak i'm serious i'm, I'm tr- i know it's coming but maybe it'll be a little bit more less tea and more like here's how we can do better i don't know i'm still thinking i'm figuring it all out you have plenty of time if you know graduated just yet if you have any publishers just let me know just looking out ahead. But, um... Okay, Tali. <laughs> I'm sick of you. This is our last episode for a while. And we will definitely come back to this. Because we have some ideas up and running. And we have some people we want to come on this podcast. But like we said last week, it's a special episode. Y'all know these are my favorite episodes when we bring guests. And they just talk. And talk. And look at us like we're crazy because me and Carla are sitting here in silence. But really, those are my favorite episodes because new people, new voices. And I'm really excited about these two. First of all, shout out to them because they also won an award last yesterday. And I was, I am so proud of them. Like, proud isn't even the word. I'm amazed. I'm a fan. Honestly, Tali and I always say that these two people have done more for the school than we have. Yeah, and we're that, not even for the podcast. We sit down and we talk, <laughs> and then we like edit some stuff and yeah. But they, but they, but they, they, they sit down, they talk, they get action, they make the action. They they get results. They put in the results. Energy. That's right. Because of them, we have seen a significant change in school culture. And just the way that things are, I genuinely think that this school 
would not be as good of a place to be at if it weren't for them. Like, I have seen so much change in the school, and I know it. I, we owe it to those two, these two people. And I just know, like, us graduating next year, I'm not worried about the school at all. At all. We're like, I, it in good hands. Two years ago, I've been like, oh, oh. But now, I'm not even stressed about it. I'm just waiting for my college application, my acceptance, and I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave after that. I'm just gonna leave because these two, and not just these two, so much more in the junior class, the sophomore class, and I mean, even some of the freshmen I've talked to this past week, I'm just like, oh, y'all are gonna do amazing things at the school, and it just, it makes me really happy. Um, so yeah, let's introduce the first guest. We're going to introduce them all together, and then they'll just pop up. Not pop up, because this is a Zoom recorder. Oh, God. I'm, like, so nervous. Um, but, yeah, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Welcome to Pop in the Bubble. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Our first guest, who is actually, this is their second time being a guest on Pop in the Bubble, um, they actually were in, we did a PWI and SARS episode, and SARS episode, back last year in the fall, I think, and, um, she was on there, and she talked about it, she kind of talked about what she was doing, and now it, it's come full circle, um, so yeah, our first guest is Zarel Jimenez, um, she is a junior here at SG, um, she does so much for our school, but specifically, um, she and our other guests work together to create an SGSE um, experience, which basically is was sort of like a, how do you say this? Um, I like to say it's like. It's, it's basically, sorry, it's basically the St. George's student experience. And so yeah. within that, sorry about taking a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it is 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Um. SGSD stands for the St. George's Student Experience, and so traditionally this has been a period of time carved into every uh, one period a week for about like an hour or so, where um, students mandatorily have to participate in some sort of um, discussion or activity um, with the goal of improving student life here. And so she and our other guests um, worked very hard since uh, I want to say the summer summer of 2020 um, till now, and they have seriously, seriously impacted the school culture and worked with faculty to create um, curriculum for SGSE. They have been student leaders. They have led discussions. They have done so much, so freaking much. Our second guest, which really big fan of the second guest like i'm a big fan of zarell as well big fan shout out to you both but like i'm a really big fan of the second guest and i think he knows that and he's a little scared of me because i'm like, i'm always so happy when i see him but our second guest is alex Gaines. he's a day student so he different perspective he's an inside head this year with me carla and jasmine which I'm really excited to get to work with him and Jasmine. I'm excited, and this is I'm sidetracking, but yeah, Alex just a fan. <laughs> I I also love Alex. Like we love Alex and Zarel. We love you all. 
We love you. Something something about Alex is that he and I have very similar ways of approaching things. And so as insight heads, it's often Alex and I on one side of the table and Tali and Jasmine on the other side of the table. And yeah. Every single <laughs> Yeah, like me and Jasmine are the highest with the crazy ideas. And then we have Alex and Carla to tone us down, bring us back to reality. I don't know. I don't want to say too much because I want them to right. tell their story, which is what they're going to do. They're going to... Me and Carla already talked too much. Y'all have, y'all have two episodes of Carla and Tolly PWI edition. So I think it's time for us to bring new perspectives. I mean, we have a day student, a male, blackmail uh-huh. i said i was gonna bring up i told y'all <laughs> she delivered. And i delivered and so we're really gonna give them the platform to um you know tell their experience like we always say everybody's pwi story is different it might look the same but certain aspects are very unique to individuals and i mean this is popping the bubble so Grab a chair. Do some homework. Um, drive safely. I'm trying to think of what other people do when they listen to this podcast. Take a nice nap. You really shouldn't be napping listening to the podcast. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the one. That's not very fan based. Like, oh, anyways. Well, yeah. Welcome, Z and Alex. Um, what's up? Hello, I'm Zarel. Hi, I'm Alex. Welcome. I'm so excited that you guys are here. I don't know who wants to go first, but y'all can start with how y'all got to SG, found SG. How's it going so far? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I can just talk about how I got to like boarding school in the first place. Um, so I heard about boarding school through my sisters who attended Westtown School, and then I went to Westtown School from a public school after eighth grade, and I went for my ninth grade year, and um, I attended the school for only my ninth grade year. I did not like the school. There was a lot of, it was a lot to take in as a 14-year-old going to a place where seeing other people like, there, there weren't a lot of other people like me. Like it was the first time I had been in an environment where I was the minority because in public school, I was the majority black and Hispanic students made up the entire part of the student body. And that may have been due to kind of redlining, even in the suburbs, like that was due to that. And I didn't even notice that, but back to the point, yeah, I went to West town and it just wasn't my fit and I just wasn't ready to be committed to a school that wasn't ready to be committed to me so I left the school and I found out about SG through another girl who also had a terrible experience at boarding school and Leia and that's how I found SG it wasn't really a first option it was really a last resort for me And I was one of the more privileged ones of those who can move from one school to another so easily just because I didn't like a school. And I acknowledge that situation, that I had more privilege than my other classmates because I endured so many racist and other types of experiences. I could just say, I don't want to be here and move to a school that's also four more hours away. Period. Alex? (laughs) 
So I um, found out about St. George's through my dad, actually. He graduated from here in um, 84, class of 84. It was a long ass time ago. Oh, I swore already. I'm so sorry. But um, <laughs> it's okay. We lifted that ban two episodes yeah. ago. We, we do it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Down in the drain. He also, funnily enough, didn't want me to come here because, you know, he's a black man in the 80s. So, like, yeah. But I came from uh, Thompson Middle School. It's the public school in Newport. And um, fun fact, Newport's not as nice as lots of people think it is. Um, <laughs> we have, like, all the mansions and stuff, which is nice. But, like, there's a very large wealth disparity. Like, I... Almost all the kids that live in the suburbs go to private schools around the island and all the rest of the people go to the public school. So that's where I went. And so I, no one at my school had an opportunity to learn about SG, even though it was right next door, which was kind of strange because I only knew because my dad graduated and the only other person in our school knew because of a recruitment for sports. So like I was lucky enough to have a dad that found out and even though he didn't want me to go, he thought it was better than the school system I would have had to stay in. How um, far geographically is SG from your public school? Geographically, it's like, you know, um, First Beach? Sure, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it's like, you leave it, like going to Full Town, like yeah. a, an Uber drive to Full Town. If you like took a right before getting to Full Town and went down a few side roads, you get to my public middle school. Oh, so, so like, that far. That's like crazy. Twenty ten minute drive. It's like a. It's closer to St. George's than my house is. Oh wow. That's that's so crazy to me. And I know like we've we've had this discussion before about how um, people in public schools just aren't aware of SG and schools like SG. And especially in your public school, which I think ever since, I think it maybe even, maybe it was your freshman year, I've, we've talked about how there just isn't access to resources and knowledge about SG, specifically in the Newport public school community, but I think just in a wider, um, more broad way, people who don't have the resources don't find out about schools like these. And those people tend to be, demographics tend to be black um students of color who other like if it weren't for special circumstances which we've all had i believe because you got it through your dad tolly got it through seeds program i got it through my middle school which was a special private school zarell had already gone to one and found out through connections and so you know that the the access is so there's it's so limited so um i just want you to speak more about that and like your your perspective on your experiences with that yeah so it's like in all honesty when I found out about it it was really sad because like it's like especially to like where I came from it's quite legitimate I know we make the joke about like how it's like Hogwarts or whatever but it pretty much was that when I stepped on the campus for the first time it's like a completely different world and it's like I'm literally eating my like breakfast and then it's like a five minute walk to go to the beach that's so cool like that's the stuff that like kids at my old school would like 
love to hear about and have the experience. And it's literally a 10 minute drive away for them. And it's just so insane to me that like, they, they're never like, they just don't even, because I think it's a waste of time. That's an air quotes. You can't see me. I put air quotes. <laughs> but it's just like, it was honestly just kind of disheartening that like, especially when I look at all the people that came from my school as day students that have gone through this school. Am I allowed to say names of good people in this podcast? Yeah. Sorry. So, like, Spike, or Mary Lee's, she came from my school. She was a prefect, a student leader, tri-varsity athlete all three years, I'm pretty sure. She was, like, the one, the only person in her graduating class from Thompson, other than um, Nat Hansel, who's a faculty kid, to get into St. George's. Like, we had to be, like, so much no shade to anyone else that's a day student because they also had to work hard because it's very hard to get in as a day student regardless. But we had to work like slightly, not slightly, but like a bit harder than they did to even be like considered because of the fact that they like already looked at us as like not at the same level as these kids who went to these private schools for like K through 12. It's just like so like, it's kind of disheartening when like you've proven that I'm, working at, if not above a level of almost all of the other kids like around me. And there's still some amount of doubt just because of my background, but should not be put into play like whatsoever. That makes sense. Like, um, I don't, this was like during seeds, they teach you a lot of things, but like this idea notion that because you're not coming from, you know, like a rich, private school background it's very hard and especially it's really like all of our resources because like before Sheeds my high school in Jersey is not the best high school usually after seventh grade people move out of Jersey so they can find a better high school because those resources aren't available so like if I didn't have Seeds honestly I wouldn't have been here I would have been in PA there. And I mean, it's not saying like PA doesn't have good schools, but my resources are very limited. And that's just seed. Seeds is like a Jersey thing. And you know, they're trying to expand, but that's one thing. Then you have a better chance. You have other stuff that are everywhere, but they also like, even those resources are competitive as well. For seeds, I had to do like we started with like thousands of applicants. Then we had to move to 125 applicants. Then we only had, I think it was like 95 or 75. Like I was competing for two years straight just to get into school. And some of us didn't even get into independent schools. Like some of us didn't even get accepted. So it's like, it's very sad and disheartening when you hear like something as a public school being 10 minutes away where I know people like you and people like Spike are coming here. There are other people in there that are just as smart, just as educated. And truthfully, some might even be more smart and educated than we are. And it's like, why aren't they given the same opportunity, the same chances, the same resources to be here? Yeah, financial aid is always gonna be a problem, but that's why we have emissions and people who give and it's just like, even if 
it's not financially giving resources. You know, I feel like a lot of independent schools, we always talk about like giving back to the community and doing this. We have to give back to the community. We have to give the resources available on this campus, not just at St. George's, but other independent schools. Give back to the, the public schools and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really interesting. Like ever since you mentioned it, I've been thinking about it and I'm like, damn, I really would not be here if I didn't have that resource. Like I would, I, I don't even know what St. George's was. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, I think there's there's also that piece of how do we reach out to because there's a lot that people can do to put their names out there and if we want to attract a certain you know group of people not the traditional k-12 private school person then we need to reach out um and so alex are you comfortable (laughs) talking about how you tried to or I'd be cold like will I get in trouble I don't think I'll get in trouble I think it's fine I already it's whatever not this point I'm you will not get in trouble this so. is popping the bubble please we win awards <laughs> we win awards for that we're not putting this in. No. <laughs> no but you won't get in trouble this is really like I think we need to talk about the goods and the the, the bads of PWI and this is your story and you've had challenges and we're not going to sugarcoat it and be like, yeah, everybody was welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to your idea. Like, we're not going to do that. So please speak freely, both of you. Yeah, can this I add something to that? Yeah. This is so, like, as you guys state this, it's so, like, ingrained to me during the experience that, like, when I do something, I have to be the one to sugarcoat things for other people and they don't have to sugarcoat anything for me. Like I experienced something racist and they can just say sorry. And that's their sugarcoating way of being like, hey, like it wasn't that bad. You can always like make up for it next time. Like you do have a second chance, but I'm not allowed to be the same way when I'm explaining like how it's wrong or what they did. And I can't mention them as a bad person when to me, they are the bad person. And I feel like, yes, thank you for opening up this opportunity for not having to like curtain everything up and just being like we can't talk about that you can't talk about this and that because it's bad because we've been through the bad experiences why can't we shed light on the bad people (laughs) so alex call them out so i'm just i'm doing it from like an administrative point of view also i don't think this person's a bad person psa they like didn't do this on purpose it's just the choice of words sometimes that people use kind of telling of like some things they might subconsciously think about people i'm not going to try and explain how implicit bias works i am not manual daring or mr akanahua but pretty much i went to an admissions officer and i asked them i came to them freshman year with concern as to hey why are like I'm happy that we have some students of color, but even within those students of color, there is no like economic diversity. There is no like, they all like still had those opportunity and resources. There is no one from public schools and specifically, bless you, specifically there is no one from, sorry, as a habit, it's from the source. There is no one from like public schools that are predominantly black and brown. There are some from public schools in 
richer areas on the Quinnip Island that just so happen to have friends of friends with more friends with their dog I don't know but like that like know of people in all these different areas that have connections but like when you're from a school that's not like a rich or good school you don't have you don't know people with connections to these good schools so I was like hey why like I could literally like if I dedicate an hour to it I could walk here from my school why have we like not decided to go there and this was also a black SG post but um <laughs> they pretty much were like well um I do agree I think it would be great to have more diversity within our nation ranks however I don't want to give students or kids false hope when coming to the school and seeing the school because of how rigorous it is academically and how people can just see Geronimo and be like think we like all have like fun here we do have fun sometimes but um we all have fun here and like 99% of it is work and it just that comment rubbed me kind of the wrong way because like I would rather you deny me than never give me the opportunity because if I don't have that opportunity I can never like prove myself or you can never I can never prove you wrong or prove you right I'm left in limbo. If when given the opportunity, I can either you can either be right or I can shove the words like right back down your throat and prove to you that like we can do it. So it's just I don't know. It's just weird that like you never seem to have that problem with students at like different schools and different backgrounds. And I understand why financial aid is an issue and why you can't have an entire class of people. That'd be the best candidate because of the fact that we don't have like limitless financial aid and money but you can offer to kids you can still ask kids because at the end of the day i'd rather know that i was capable and that the limiting factor was something out of my control than just not even know it's true it's the idea of opening doors i feel like it's not talked about a lot but like some doors are open for you where even if you're just looking at it and not necessarily stepping in, that makes a huge impact on the way you see life. Because especially as black students, students of color, we're already told we can't do it. If I like, if I had to tell you how many times over the past four years where I've been told like, oh, like you're acting too white or oh, you're not black because you go here or oh, like, you're not smart enough or you're not good enough for this those are all creating false hopes but when you open the door even a tour here like you know how crazy that is to go on a tour here and imagine yourself being on this campus not just this campus but any campus and if it's not a high school campus a college campus like if you're already telling students of color and black students i don't want to give you a false hope what do you think that does to their mental state their, their mental well-being. They're already starting with the idea that, damn, if I'm not good enough for here, I'm not good enough for Stanford. I'm not good enough for Princeton. I'm not good enough for Harvard. You're literally setting them up for failure. Like we're not asking to be accepted into every school because I'm gonna be truthful. I wasn't accepted to any other schools except this school at all. I applied to what, 10 schools? And this was the only school that accepted me. But every single campus I went on, 
just interviewing someone, giving them the time of day, literally just, it, it shows them that they matter and that they're capable of putting work and capable of being in places like this. So yeah, I understand your frustration. I, I would be frustrated if I heard false hope as well, because what is that? What is like, it, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? There's always chances you don't get into school. There's always chances. Even in college admissions, they tell you this all the time. Yeah, it might be a safety school, but you could still not get in. <laughs> you might have the best grades, the best essay, and you could still not get in. It's not creating a false hope. It's giving people the opportunity to believe in themselves, especially us when we're already told that we can't do it. So, I mean, I just, I'm already getting passionate, but like, yeah, it's frustrating. I'm already a very logical thinking person. I think we all here know that. And so I understand why people would look at numbers and and analyze all these things and try to, you know, make it work, especially when it comes to things like financial aids and those kind of that, that kind of resource, those kinds of resources. But I hate that at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Because you could have 10 good people who all equally deserve the same opportunity and only five of them will get it because of the limited resources that we have. And I hate the fact that people are getting turned down and turned away because of something like that. Also, just like speaking about, I'm also a logical person. If you didn't know by the fact that I don't talk. But like, um, I'm the architect group, in case you were wondering, but, um... I'm dead. We should explain that, but we'll explain it later. <laughs> so pretty much, I like, even when I like, think, try to think about it from like, when I think about it from like a logical perspective, I logically do not understand why you wouldn't want to have the most amount of people applying to the school. Most amount of people applying to a school, best candidates, best candidates, best class, best class, best matriculation, best matriculation, more honor to the school. And on top of that, if you have more kids that you like are marketing to, more kids apply, the same amount of kids get accepted, your yield rate goes up or down, whatever one's a good one. You have a lower acceptance rate. You are a more selective school and you're looked at as better and more kids want to come. So you get more better candidates. So I don't understand like where it logically makes sense to be like, no at that point i feel like that teacher was speaking to you more as a like individual rather than part of the administrative team because if he's saying false hope what does that mean of the administrative team of our school if you're telling a student that it's false hope for other students to apply for the school when that amount of logic creates a better outcome than anything else yeah i mean i don't know emissions people listening out there from all over just figure not figure it out but just but yeah i want to move on to z because z you were actually a repeating freshman and you know you talked about west town a little bit just z is older we have said this before but z is older than both of us and we're seniors but um just talk about that experience, how it felt like to go to school and just, because she's not the first person, but go to a school and be like, yeah, this ain't it, next. Just talk about that. Oh, 
Okay. So I also, I used to program too. I forgot to mention, I was in Inspiring Young Minds. It was mostly for athletic, uh, for like athletes who would go into the program and they would help you find a school more to your liking. And then you would go to a series of competitions and stuff and see what schools liked you. And I happened to end back up at Westtown and Westtown was a school my sisters attended. And um, my freshman year, I had people in my dorm who would lock their doors or like slam their dorms wherever me and my friend passed by. Um, they uh, said all black people were ugly. They said um, that they had jungle fever and stuff like that. That, um, you know, it was a lot of stuff that went down and there was, um, we got looked at as we wanted an apology and they said, why are you scaring these girls? You guys are scaring these girls. You guys shouldn't be talking to these girls. You guys shouldn't be saying anything outside the dorm about these incidents. And in the classroom incidents would happen where I got uh, some people would throw bottles that said Trump 2020 at my desk or at me and try to think of it as a joke. And a lot of things went down at the school. And it's just a lot to endure as a student of color because I knew the moment I did break was the moment I would have to leave the school, not on my own account as I did, but on another account, which I would be met up with the student council and which if I did say something back, it's more... I'm getting in trouble rather than the person who perpetrated the action. And it was just a lot to go through. And I feel like as a student of color going into these schools, you need a test trial. Like you need a little bit of an experience before you say, hey, this is going to be my home. Because you want to be able to go into some place and say, I know what it's like now. I think I'm going to be able to take over the situation and handle it in a fresh new start because they knew the week the weak me that I couldn't speak up for myself. I was learning from those older black women in my school, the older students of color in my school from how they carried themselves. And I still looked at them and I wasn't acting like them yet, but little did I know when I transferred to St. George's that I had picked up things that I saw them do actions and words that I heard from their mouths and saw them in place and action in leadership positions. And I took that here to St. George's as a fresh new start as a new student. So no longer do they know like the weak side of me that cried in a math classroom when stuff like that happened or cried in the like just kind of, yeah, ended up at the health center for the last few months of school sometimes, but they knew me well. But um, yeah, I needed a new start and that's when I came to SG and now there's a stronger version of me, but I don't think any student should have to go through a test trial, but that's something you need to do. You need to prepare yourself one way or another. And it's encountering the real world and having to put that side of you down, which is like, I'm going to react. No, this other side of you is going to react and is going to have to stay like the same person. That's wild. Like, I didn't even know that. And that's crazy to me. There's a lot of incidents. I'm just saying, if that happened to me, I already said this, but freshman year, I was ready to dip. So I can only imagine what you've gone through. And the fact that you chose to, you know, get yourself out there and find someplace else. I mean, it's a power move. It's not weakness. It's, it's strength. It takes vulnerability. And I mean, props to you because if I had left, I would have left left. 
done finito but i mean that's crazy is i'm that's the lot of the experience is i guess like it's so mental going into these schools in which it's not just you come back from a day of school and you're physically tired it's you're mentally drained and it takes so much from you so much energy out of your body that you can start feeling it physically and that's what occurred to me where i began to feel it on a physical level and no longer could i handle it mentally alone so i would end up like having those sorts of like anxiety and stuff like that which led me to other things occurring where I ended up at the health center and I think like people need to acknowledge that students of color are not just doing school they're not just doing sports we are here we may be here for sports we presume to be here for sports we may be here for only academics we may be here because we just want a better opportunity more social life but we're handling so much more at the like on another end outside this community and inside this community because whatever goes outside that happens outside then comes back and hits us in the face here yeah i i think it's so crazy i remember um when you first got here your freshman year my sophomore year at saint george's when it was the very beginning of the school year and i we had recently met and we were walking i think by the field hockey field just walking around just talking about um your previous experience at west town and i was giving you kind of the lowdown about saint george's and what was up and i think it's crazy because that conversation has truly stayed in my mind since i've met you of this is this is what to expect and i knew i knew your um situation at west town was terrible because the fact that you were at saint george's but same like Tali like I, I had no idea it went that far and it was that deep but um I, I will forever remember that conversation and I will forever remember having that same conversation with other new students who have come here and who have been like the amount of times I've had that same conversation like this is what to expect this is something that is very likely to happen you're gonna feel this way it's very likely that you will feel this way and here's how to deal with it and the fact that we have to have this conversation so many times, it hurts. But that's that's the reality of our situation. Because like you said, we're not just doing school. We're not just playing sports. We're trying to survive on a daily basis. It's, it's literally survival of the fittest. And the fact that you went from one situation and you were like, you know what? I'm going to give it a second try at a different place. I, I don't know if I have that in me. And I commend you for that seriously because you you honestly you did take that and you you turned it to something great here and you you and Alex have literally changed the school culture for I hope permanently and and not just for as long as we're here but we're we're leaving a legacy you guys are leaving a legacy here and I'm proud to be a part of that and I'm proud to be here while that's happening. Yeah, me too. It's just so it's so beautiful to see everything that's going on in our school with students. I mean, mostly black students, students of color trying to change the school because it's, I, for me, it's a selfish reason. I complain a lot about these racist incidents that happened, about homophobic things that happened. And then I sit around and there's me complaining and I'm not doing anything about it. So I did it for selfishly, personally. I was tired and I wanted to change. 
because it's not that I left West Town. I'm like, I'm at a better school. I love it here. Next four years, it's it's this or I go back to public school. And I can't go back to public school because that's not, it's not an option on my table if I do want to go to the same schools these students are attending. This is my best opportunity. And other things too, like West Ham was bad. And the only reason I stay here is because it's a little bit better than my last experience. It's not that I am in love with the school and the school is my home. Yes, I do. I love the school. It's a great opportunity and everything, but it's just a little bit better. So it's something to hold on to. It's yeah, not I think it's that. I always say this. I always give our um, new students quote, quote, warning. But I always mention the community part. I mean, I know Miss Callie loves it, but I, I think I might <laughs> like it more than Miss Callie's because <laughs> the community that I have built and prospered, like I'm talking about like seniors that have graduated since my freshman year. I'm talking about adults that I look up to as parental figures, as guidance. Like, I'm talking about y'all on this podcast right now. You are my community. Really, you are my family. Like, when I say I love this school, I mean y'all, because that's really it. That's who I love. And I'll, I'm serious. I'll say it to the Till the day I graduate, I'm only here because of you, literally. It's just like, you can go to any school. You'll still have racist incidents. You'll still have homophobic incidents. You'll still wanna cry and go to the health center, which I've done multiple times as well. The health center knows me there. But it's because I know that at the end of the day, no matter where I'm feeling, I have Carla, I have Yasmin, I have my teachers, I know that I got a support group waiting for me. And they're gonna be like, you all right. We got you. We right there with you. We feeling everything you feeling. And I mean, that's all I could ask for. That is really it. So yeah. I mean, I wanna talk more about the DEI that you two created because we said this in our intro, but me and Carla just talk. Y'all really do the action, the leading for it. So I, I really want you guys to just talk about it because I think if you talk through the process, if you talk through what it felt like and go through it all, the goods, the pros, the bads, the negatives, the positives, go through it all because I think we also have people who listen from other schools and maybe this will be hey, make a legacy right now. Just do it <laughs> because y'all did. And I'm I'm just gonna let y'all speak because I'm still in awe of how you guys came up with this. Like, I just think it's amazing the whole process you went through. So I'm just gonna, it's your turn. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> yeah, are we also, do you want us to say the like why? Or was that like, well, yes, why, mean. how, what were you, <laughs> like literally everything, like, what was going on through your mind when you came up with this? Like, why, how, like, how is it going right now? What is the future plans if you're allowed to tell us? If it's a surprise, it's fine. We can wait, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, everything. So, I, Zero, correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be wrong, but 
I'm like, you like had started it over the summer and you had like started the like groundworks for it, I think. And you had like been, or Zerl had been coming up with the idea, I'm pretty sure. And then awesome, I don't know. I think she like was talking to me about it, right? Nod your head if I'm right. <laughs> Chill. So yeah, she was talking to me about it and I was like, wow, that's really cool. And so I like wanted to help. So then I feel like we just like started like FaceTiming over the summer and like writing stuff down that we thought was important to like teach the people in our community. And like it kept going and it kept getting longer because there's just a lot we have to learn or not we, sorry, not we, they have to learn. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much, and also the why for me or like, what things I like thought of to add to it and also why I like really wanted to like help and be a part of it and like make the curriculum was pretty much um just like I don't want people to have to deal with what I had to deal with my freshman year and I never want anyone like as I said my dad went to the school he was part of what it's now Insight, but it was the Afro-Latina Society before, or like, that's what it was called. And he was part of that And his entire, he, I think he joined it because he wanted to try and help the community as much as he could back then. And my entire thing is, they were telling us all during orientation, all during this week, how we want to leave things better than we found them. And I think that same thing applies to our community. I want to leave it better than I came to it. And I want to be at the point where when I graduate and when I see the school, when I have a child, hopefully, I'll be able to look at the school and actually be like, that is a school I want my child to go to. And right now, I'm not so sure I can say that. But I want to keep doing the work and being able to do something to get to the point where I look back in 30 years and say, I want, I want to say I was a graduate of that school. I want to say my kids graduated from that school. I want to like that school to be like what it is becoming slowly but surely um i did it more selfishly i i said it before i personally was tired of putting up with people's comments in classrooms and having to be silent about them like in west town i'd hear people do spanish accents in classroom mocking people and saying they were mexican like i was tired of just these comments that I heard, like they still sit in my brain in the past. And I don't want to hear them in the future. But it's also, I acknowledge that it wasn't my job to do anything about it. Like I could just go about my business because it's not my job as a student of color to educate those around me when it should be their jobs and the educators' jobs. Like they should take the initiative and take the first step. But how do they take the first step if they don't know where the steps are? They don't know where the stairs are. They're still finding their way around too. So we came about this assuming everybody, including us, were at the beginning. And we have to figure this out. If we wanna talk about, if we wanna talk about Trayvon Martin, where do we start? We can't just start there because there's so many things that you can say when you just start at the situation and you're not looking back at yourself and how you play a role in all of this. And something I just wanted to state about the curriculum that was on the front of my mind is me and Alex were having a conversation. When we came up with the curriculum, we had many ideas in which 
the uh, people who we conversed with said that may be a little too advanced for those who we are talking to. It may be a little too, may fly over their heads, they may not get it. So the curriculum we made in the beginning does not really look like the one that was shown. Whatever we wrote down, yes, the idea, some concepts, but not everything there was in that SGSC program, which still doesn't sit right with us that we watered a, a lot of things down to fit the SG taste. Because I bet that's what happens with a lot of your projects too, is you have to water everything down, including the cursing in this podcast, which I don't know if that was a personal thing, but we water everything down to the consumer's taste rather than the taste of our own, because we're at this level of maturity in which we, we don't assume, but we understand that at 17, at 14, we should be able to understand. You don't just, you don't just say, oh, like some homophobic comment and then go about your day. Like we don't understand why people get offended at these things. And then we don't want to hear a reason why as to why they're offended. We just think we're right. I just didn't understand why we had to water it so much down to an audience that if you got into SG, I'm pretty sure you should be able to handle what I'm about to say about racism. You took that SSAT or all those tests and you got into this school and you still can't comprehend as to why we're telling you these things. I just don't think things are adding up in my calculator. It's funny because I used to say the same thing. I used to be like, this is my senior brain talking, but I used to be like, ignorant? I don't know what that is. But I've learned over my four years that when some people step on this campus, they've never seen a Black person before. Or they've never seen a black peer be so educated as them that they're sitting in the same class with them. And this is from like personal experience where I've talked to some of these people. They're like, yeah, I've never interacted with a black person. And you can tell, some of them don't have to tell you. You can tell. So, I mean, like, I definitely understand why you're frustrated because you have to water stuff down. Because even, Shoot, I wake up every day and I'm like, all right, let me tone it down for the first few hours, few days. Even during like leadership training, orientation, there's some things you have to tone down for people to understand. And it's frustrating because I think as black people and people of color out of PWI, we're way up. We have experience that we, that no one can imagine without being in our position. So when we come to the school and we realize that our emotions, that everything we've learned has to be watered down so these so people can understand, it's frustrating. Sometimes I'm just like, open a goddamn book. Or literally like, no, I'm like, sometimes it's really frustrating for me because I'm like, you're on TikTok, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're on Snapchat. All these little resources on your phone, they got news every day, every single day. And it's frustrating because as black people, as people of color, we have to be so aware of everything that's going on. 
because everything affects us, everything. And they can just walk in here. I don't know what a microaggression is. I don't know what a macroaggression is. Oh, don't touch your hair. Why? Why? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why can't I blah, blah, blah? And then us, we have to be like, it's okay. It's fine. You're learning. But it's like, when when is it not okay? Do Is there a limit? Do you, like, can this just be common sense? Like, I've never, ever in my entire life at St. George's gone to a white person and touched their hair and been like, oh, my God, what? I've never done that in my life. But, like, the amount of times I've had people do that, and I've literally been like, what are you doing? What? are you doing? Who told you this was okay? And they're just like, wow, is it real? I've got a mask. And I was like, you, you want me to answer that? Or is this a joke? It's frustrating. And I, I understand like watering stuff down is just like, what? And the fact that the fact that even emissions have to, the people you're working with have to tell you, yeah, this is a little advanced for 17 year olds who are about to enter the real life. It's, it's, it's just a little too much for them. That's the reality we're working with. And I mean, maybe this is why I just do a podcast and talk because I don't know how far I could go and be like, really? Really? But I mean, yeah. I kind of want to know more about what it was like specifically to work with these adults and, and coming up with this... Uh, curriculum together because i know that a a lot of adults facilitated um or they helped at least student leaders facilitate conversations um or at least they were meant to because uh i was in some groups where it was me doing all the talking and even my co-student leaders weren't really there with me um and so I kind of just want to know what it was, what it was like. Was it was it all good? Was it all obviously no, it wasn't all good. But like, were there were there some good moments? And was there a trend that we saw? So I saw that this was an opportunity to learn, but in every situation, there's always an opportunity to take over the situation. And I saw students taking advantage of the situation, in which volunteering to be student leaders and not actually doing the job of a student leader. And I was told this by other student leaders who said that this looked really good on a college application. People take so many of these chances for people to learn and take that just that one opportunity away by putting themselves in position to gain. I've learned so much in my in these two years at St. George's. And one thing I learned is a power grab. And there's so many of those in the school in which you take these opportunities from other students to learn just because you want yourself to look better in another situation. And which we are trying to strive to create better people, but we want to look like a better person. And I saw that happen, but working with administration, I mean, it was pretty interesting. I don't know what I can and cannot say, but for the most part, it was, uh, Alex. It was administration. 
it is exactly what you would imagine speaking to administration would be like. <laughs> it was kind of like, this is for like all the DEI initiatives, right? Like the Black Excellence stuff and just like in general having conversations with them about diversity. It's always such a like interesting, interesting time to try and get anything done. They always say no in the beginning, always. And then they say no some more. And then they say no some more. And then they point you somewhere else. And then they say yes. And then they say, oh, never mind, no. And then they say maybe. It's always <laughs> the the answer to these to the trying to talk to them about anything you want to do. It always changes. One meeting, it's yes. The other meeting, it's, oh, we can't do this. So we might have to cancel it all. Maybe, no. And there's so much of this game that you yourself have to play with changing your words to make it sound like we're going to do exactly what you say. We're going to fit it right on. It's so much coercion and just persuading that I felt like an advertiser. Like I really had to show my product up here and fit every single need including the one of my own from this, I had to take my seed, start playing around with the seed a little bit and try to keep it at its core, the core of what I wanted there still, as I'm still messing around with it. I don't know if that makes sense, but Alex. It does. It's, it's a mind game. You're playing mind games with them. They're playing mind games with you. Then you got to be like, well, damn. Who's going to win this mind game? Because I'm trying to do something. You're trying to do something. We both can't be trying to do something if we're not in the same mind game. Then you got to compromise. But then it's like, what am I compromising for you? What? Why am I the one compromising? It, it's a mind game. And sometimes you finesse the whole system because you're that good. And sometimes the system finesses you. And you're like, well, I just got played. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's a mind game. I, had, I stopped playing. I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. Yeah, it's like politics in a sense. It's like, is everything so like, it's like politics pretty much. It's so, it's like, that's the like best word I can describe for it. It's like someone would really love to do something, but this other person that supports them like doesn't want you to do it, so they can't do it but they would really support you without that. But like, thank you for your words. They mean so much because those words will obviously do what I want. I'm so happy you like feel that way. I love, that's great for you. Not so great for me. Cause you, at the end of the day, you did say no. And it's just like repeatedly like, like that. It's like, so, it's like so weird. How it's like, like you said, mind games. It's like, mm. Yeah, like, I always wondered if there was a, like, white students who came up with this idea of inter exploring intersectionality, exploring these concepts of Black Lives Matter, would they have taken a different route in the way they approached this? Or would they have felt the same way if it was us two doing it? Because I've seen so many students take over situations who happen to be white, and they flow so much more easily than when black students or students of color in a school choose to take initiative and choose to have it this way and i don't know whether it'd be different or not it could be the same thing but just in my experience that i have seen it has not been the same thing 
it's been thought of this new brand new idea that is so great and so powerful that let's get started on it right away. Whenever I see like white students bring up these ideas and thoughts and theories, but when we do it, it's more like we have to think about this a little bit more. Like the school may not be ready for two students of color who are leading this thing. This, we need to, we need to think about it. Yeah. And I think that goes with this idea of like a PWI culture. Because let me tell you something. I've seen some ideas brought up where I'm like, really? Really? That's what you want to do? And I'm like, all right. I guess that's what we're doing, but it is a it it it's a PWI culture, and I I want to say that admissions and like faculty and people are not very aware of it, but it's really like it's something that needs to be aware of. I've talked to a lot of students of color of Black people this week, and some of the ideas y'all are coming up with, I'm like, advocate for yourself. I've been saying that all week. I'm like, advocate, do it. Why not? Because some of the ideas that are brought up here, I'm just like, oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I mean, like, I don't want to say we'll never know because there are instances where some of my white classmates will say like an idea and come up with an idea. And usually it's very good. And sometimes I'm just like, can you sit down so we can actually do some real work in the school? and get the ball rolling. But it's also like, I think the thing is like, you two are trying. And not only trying, but you're succeeding. And one thing I've learned in St. George's is you will not always get 100%. You won't. It wouldn't be St. George's. It wouldn't be a PWI if you got 100%. And that's not to say it will change. I don't know what the future holds. But when you get one person, I, I always just look at it as one person. One person is enough for me nowadays. One person, a group of people who are like, man, that SGSE today, that conversation about intersectionality, that conversation about being there for my Black peers, my Black classmates, it, it sometimes it looked like all you did was for nothing. But like, I promise you, like, I mean, SGSC last year was the highlight of my night. I was like, oh, shoot, intersectionality. Gonna learn something new. I'm serious. I was learning something new every Wednesday. I was ready. And sometimes some people are gonna go with the mindset, I'm ready to make change. I'm ready to learn something new. And then you're always gonna have those people in your group who are like, yeah, I have better things to do. And it's gonna suck. You're gonna, I wanted to punch a few people, slap a few people, be like, Hey, get up. Hey, get off your phone. But then it comes off as aggressive. Then it comes off as you're being annoying. Then it comes off as blah, 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 blah. It's, it's a learn and go, but really just like enjoy the wins that you get because they're really, they matter. And then the losses, pick them back up. Free throw. I don't know. I tried to do a basketball thing because I'm varsity now but that didn't work so we're gonna stop um i want to go back to what you said z about the students and the initiative that they take and honestly in my three years prior to now my senior year i have never seen that kind of initiative from white students 
and sure there are there are some good apples there are some some kids who will in class will be like they'll say what's up or meeting sometimes they surprise me i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna hold you they they surprise me sometimes but um i just haven't seen the kind of initiative from white students that i have from you guys and from other students of color from black students and i don't think that until we do that there's going to be any real we're going to see some real results because the the reality is that they make up the overwhelming majority of the school and of that over, overwhelming majority they hold leadership positions they're popular they're cool kids they make the trends they make the culture they're responsible for that and so until there's a change in them there's there's not going to be there's not going to be true real results and change in the school culture and i'm totally blanking <laughs> um oh right um white students even if they did have a good big idea and they took it to administration and administration was like eh i don't think so they're likely to forget about it and move on to the next thing the second that they're told no because they can afford to because to them it's only like a little issue that they're passionate about it's not something that they 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 have to think about constantly that's not something that they think about when they walk into a classroom sit down and they're the only they're the only person of color in that room that shares that that has that unique perspective and so until until we see that initiative there's there's not going to be much real change and to go even further back to what alex said about politics like that's that's really what it is because at the end of the day the people who bring in the money who who pay for these new facilities that we're getting and all these things they're, they're gonna be the wealthy white people whom think it's far too political and out of whack for st george's to make a statement or hang a black lives matter flag on a uh, anywhere like on, on a flagpole <laughs> outside the front uh, the front of school and so we were trying to do that yeah and it didn't work um because because the people that we cater to are, are unfortunately they're the people who who make this place go with their money their big bucks and so <laughs> we're gonna need some some black millionaires some billionaires to like come in and help us out because i got you i feel like it comes down to money and politics I'm telling y'all, my book gonna make millions. Be ready. Yes, yes. Get me out of my Burger King job. Exactly. It's gonna go crazy. My book, get ready. I'm gonna just throw money here. Be like, here, diversity, diversity, financially. I'm telling you. One thing I want to speak up, like about what Carla was saying, was the consist, like being consistent, like being persistent that's the word persistent like we resilience yes after it didn't like if whoever's listening out there if you want to pursue something you want something to get done you have to be willing to sit like we sat through meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting changing our words and trying to find out new ways like even for the black lives matter flag mostly for the black lives matter flag to convince them because even if it was just this little event, just hanging it in the chapel, we wanted somebody in the school to be touched. Somebody. We didn't care who it was. We wanted one person. Because 
once you ignite the flame, it keeps going if there's oxygen around it. Like you just need that one person to see it. And that what happened for the rest of what we were doing. We were very persistent. We would FaceTime and plan all the ways he could say no, all the ways they can say yeah, how we would rebuttal, how we would agree, what we disagreed with. And we would FaceTime so often, we'd play Roblox and have a good time. But you just have to be willing to put like, you have to put so much like emotion on the line, but you also have to take it out at the same time. Like in those meetings, that emotion can't be there. Yes, you can be, be so passionate about it, but that passion has to stay behind when you get into that room. And you have to be willing to have just a level conversation of just two people conversing back and forth, no passion whatsoever behind something you may be so passionate about because they may be seeing that as off-putting, too strong. This idea, I feel like sometimes the tone of voice changes when you're so passionate about something. So an idea comes off as too strong, too much for an occasion. But when you put yourself at that level playing field of like a monotone voice or just saying it how you would usually say, it comes off as soft and all these other things. And it's just changing. It's so much you have to change for yourself in order to get something done that does positively affect the school, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, and the crazy thing is when we did our little workshop and Alex was talking about him being an architect, I'm exactly the opposite. I lead with my emotions. I am a hothead. I will literally yell if I have to. And what I've learned is I can't do it. I can't. You're right. You do have to go into a meeting and you have to be so passionate enough that you're able to shut off your emotion and be like, this is a conversation. You're not going to yell. You're not going to cry. Nothing. You are going to walk in there like you and an adult and you are just asking for a raise. And let me tell you, I can't do it to save my life. I could be asking for a dollar and I won't do it because I literally come in hot. Like the moment, and it, it's been really frustrating for me because I'm like, I can't do anything. And, and people will listen to this and be like, that's not true, Tali. You've done a lot. No, I haven't, because I, I, I talk about this with Carl all the time. I'm an emotional person. I cry, I yell. It's the only way I get things done. I feel everything so heavily that when it just like, it's not working, I crash. I'm, I'm done. Like I'm, and that's why I keep saying props to you too, because it's not the resilience in me. It's just the emotion in me. At some point, my, my brain is like, you can't do it. You can't keep fighting. Like, my brain is like, they're not listening to you. Stop crying. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, this is why I started this podcast. Because I can cry and yell and, and do all this stuff here. Nobody, nobody's going to care. But, like, y'all are doing the real work. And I'm... We're not going to be here next year, but I'm going to keep tabs. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, what are they doing? What's going on? You, I'm so serious. The, your legacy is going to be, you've been talking about legacy a lot senior year. This has been like day two. But um, your legacy is going to be, it's going to be one for the books, both of you. And I'm, 
Shoot, I've been, I'm, I'm glad I get to say I know you guys. Even if it was like for three years, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I sat with them one day. We did a podcast together. No big deal or anything. It's, I'm serious. It's amazing work what you're doing, you know. I'll forever keep saying that. I'm so proud of y'all. See, that's my emotion talking. There we go. Yeah, I, I mean, Tali said it so well. I can only piggyback on that. Y'all, y'all for real, for real, are, are doing it. Like, I know, obviously, it, it sounds incredibly frustrating. I mean, I've been, I've tried to have similar conversations with powerful administrators. Um, and sometimes they just, they just really don't go anywhere because you feel like you put all this out there and, and, sometimes you can tell that they want to but something is holding them back and that's the politics because at the end of the day that is literally it's all it comes down to pwi politics is a freaking killer and it will it will make or break you and unfortunately for a lot of people it's is a breaker it's it has you it has you breaking down going to the health center (laughs) yeah that's a direct sub at tali and what that's not a sub i love the health centers they're my favorite people on campus um but yeah for real like it, it all it all comes down to that politics and that money and i hate it i hate it so much like i wish i wish i could just open my bank account and be like venmo venmo you a couple million dollars and be like here dei <laughs> like I, I wish i truly wish it was that easy but y- y'all are for real doing it and I know you're continuing to do it no matter what, but if at any point in time y'all ever don't want to do it, that's fine. But I, I, I don't have a, I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, that's true. If you want to quit, I mean, just quit. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you shouldn't. But if it ever gets to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm finished. Do it. To be honest, when they did ask us what was next, me and Alex did in shock. We're like, oh, like they want they want something more. Like they want us to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> like, what do we? And we immediately started talking. And then we're like, um, I don't think right now is our job to come up with the next thing. That's right. But we do have things we want to do. Mm-hmm. But we don't think right now in this moment when they asked us, we need to come up with something. We just need to find when and how later what speaks to us most and what we need right. to, what we want to do about it and what we need to do about it yeah you gave them the blueprint you showed them i was done hand it over it's Keep honestly going. it's not like they were like you've done enough now do more <laughs> but honestly, i'm serious you gave them the blueprint for a whole year now they just gotta Expand the blueprint. Put a new building on the side. What I gotta stop talking metaphors. It doesn't look good on this podcast. It sounds really good in my head, but it sounds really bad. So I'm gonna stop with the metaphors. That's probably best. Yeah. Um, but if you if you guys have nothing left to say on that, we wanna ask. Um, and I guess this kind of applies to all of us. But um, we we need to give some advice, some you know input to 
new students who are, are coming in or people who are already here and or, or who want to you know get involved in some sort of way but um just general like advice like if, if you had to say one or two things to a new student of color like what are you going to tell them don't be scared to like stand up for yourself because that was a huge problem i had my freshman year which like <clears throat> was like i don't know i just like kind of like let people walk over me because i don't know i just didn't like feel like it mattered and like i didn't have many friends because i don't talk and i don't really i'll mess with people i don't know <laughs> but like just like never let people walk over you like don't let people say what they want to say like check people immediately and if because if you don't check people immediately it's going to be harder to check them the longer you keep letting them do whatever they're doing that's right don't let those microaggressions slide i'm telling you freshman year i used to see a microaggression you did something i would be on your ass bro i'm serious i don't do it no more at one point, I think somebody touched Tali's hair on the grill, and all you hear is Tali, microaggression. I'm serious. I don't do it no more. I chill. I'm a senior now. I have a little bit more calm. But, like, call them out. I keep saying this. Just do it. What are they going to do? What? They're going to get offended? As they should. What you being offended for? I'm calling you out. Let's go. Say thank you. Right. Say thank you and fix it. Next. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, whatchamacallit, I definitely agree with that statement because now as a woman of color in this school, before I wouldn't have said anything if anybody was speaking over me. Now, if somebody speaks over me, my voice gets louder, my tone gets lower, and I don't accept it. And I wish I did that before because I as Alex said, like, I let so many things slide when I shouldn't have. I normalized so many things that other people would point it out and you, I, I would just not notice it anymore. I would not notice these tiny little microaggressions. They become basically just like natural things that happen throughout my day. They're just like regular things that happen throughout my day. And I didn't notice them anymore. And that's what you internalize all these things. And you're just like, it's normal to feel exotic. It's normal to be told you're exotic. So many things are so normal to you now that it's not you. It's not you who's taking this all in. It's this new person. That's one piece of advice. The other, let others speak up for you. My Westtown experience taught me that one. I um, had a lot of interactions with upper class students. And when they heard about my experiences, they took action when I wasn't ready to. And you don't always have to be ready to take action for yourself because you do need time to grow. You are maybe 14 entering the school, 15, maybe even 17. I don't know what age, but you do need time to find that voice to speak up for yourself. And if you can't do it, somebody's willing to, and you always have a big sister or a big brother or somebody out there who has gone through those experiences that will lo love to be your voice and not... They don't need to love it initially, but you need to let others sometimes even take the field and just take over. I had, there was a senior girl. I told her about some incidences. She apologized to me for my experience at the school. And you know what she did next? 
she made the other people apologize to me at my for my experience at the school because it wasn't my fault for not being able to speak up. It was their fault for the other people around them who encouraged this behavior, who let this behavior happen. And that's all I would say mostly too. And also use your teachers. Your teachers most often do not have your best interest. I know I'm a shout out Miss Mason. She helped me a lot my freshman year, um, just personally with stuff. And it may not have been stuff related to, this has not been related to like race and stuff, but it's easy to talk to somebody about something like not so specifically. And it could be about race, but you don't have to mention it at all if you want to these people. Because sometimes race can also take a lead and take a toll on this uh, conversation and it won't end up well because these people don't know how to handle it, but you do. Yeah, definitely. My big thing, I think, and this is something I'm still learning even as I'm getting ready to graduate is you belong here. Like that shit sounds so cheesy, but you belong here, wherever here is, because you work so hard to get there. Like I think, I think oh, we made some jokes. Like I'm gonna be straight up. We've always just been like, yeah, we're just here for the diversity quarter of the year. And it's like, what? We're not gonna lie, it's popping the bubble. And it's taken me a, it's taken me a very, very long time to shift from that mentality. I mean, I still say it now, but I say it really as a joke. But to shift from that mentality and be like, no, I belong here because I am smart as hell. I am a good leader. And because I worked my butt off to be here. And because truthfully, this community could use a Tali. It could use a Carla. It could use a Zarel. It could use an Alex. And literally every single black person and people of color I've seen this year, I'll see next year. And literally anywhere you go you belong here. And I promise you, someone will tell you you don't. It won't be a PWI if you don't get a snarky comment. That's like, how did you get here? I promise you someone will do that. And it will hurt the first time. It will be like, what? But you literally belonged. They gave you that acceptance letter. They gave you that financial aid packet. You're sitting in the classroom. You're going to sports. You belong. Nobody can take that away from you. No matter how much they try, nobody can take it away from you except yourself. And you have to come in with that mentality. Like if you don't come in with that mentality, it's gonna be rough. It truly is. And I think that's, that's something for new students, for returners. I wish I told myself that freshman year. I wish I like, I just wish if I told myself something freshman year, it would be that you belong here. Like I, I can't stress it enough. It's your place. Make it yours. Yeah, if if I were to go back and say one thing to my freshman self, it would be you belong here because it really it really feels like you don't, especially that first year when you're new, you don't really know anybody and and you're dealing with all this shit like you feel you truly feel like you don't belong here and along with that my piece of advice would be celebrate your accomplishments 
and and don't let anybody tell you you're being you're bragging or you're, you're being cocky and this and that because it's a lot for for you to be where you are because nobody handed you anything we are here on our own merit truly we are here on our own merit because nobody ever handed me anything in my life i have worked hard for every single thing that i've had all of my certificates my awards my this my that my accolades that has all been of my own doing and the same can be said for each and every single one of you because we have worked our asses off to get where we are and we deserve to celebrate those accomplishments and when we do we deserve for people to pat us on the back and say well done not for people to say ugh you're just bragging because yeah we did that shit all four of us we we got our awards like i'm i'm proud of my accomplishments and it's taken me so long like even yesterday i was speaking to somebody and who wasn't at chapel um who wasn't at the convocation chapel where the awards were given and I was I was still on a high, like I was feeling awkward about it. And they, they, they didn't know what happened. And so they asked me, and I kind of got awkward about how, like, telling them telling them about my awards and about getting top scholar. Like, it was just weird to me. And it was hard for me to do that. But now that I look back at it, I, I, I should have been, been like, yeah, I did that. That was me. That was all me. And I'm proud of that. We should all be proud of that. And so that's that's... Be proud of yourself and know that you belong here because nobody ever handed you anything in your life. That's literally all you. So, yeah, that and find your besties. I did. Ice cream social. <laughs> that ice cream social. Yeah. But I mean, Z, Alex, anything you want to say before you wrap it up? Uh, just like what you guys were talking about, pretty much like never forget that you belong it might be hard and like there's lots of times where you may think there's lots of other people more deserving than you but like the admissions committee chose you you were chosen you were given your acceptance letter you were given a little gift package you were given the sg merch they chose you and there's a reason that they chose you no matter where you end up there was a reason that someone looked at you looked at your application and thought that you would be a good fit for their community like never never forget that i wanted to add that i thought i was only coming here for basketball (laughs) i thought i was only coming here to play ball do some learn some and then leave there's always more you can do in a school there's always more passions that you'll find don't be afraid to explore or take some time off to explore them I was gone the entire time from school when we did the SGSC program and the Black Excellence program and Alex was at school. Yes, that was a lot of coordinating and I put some stuff to the side to work on this, but it felt so good at the end to finally see that I create, like we created something, we did something. And even though I thought I was only here for balance, I was only here for, I was about to say in Spanish, I was only here for basketball and getting schoolwork done. There's so much more to being a part of this community. It's about changing it too at the same time. Because even if I'm just playing basketball, I'm having an impact on those who see me on the court. Those who see me in the school, learning. Now they see me playing basketball, going to school, being a prefect, being a student leader last year, and doing all this other stuff around campus that they think they can do it too. And of course you can. And it's it's like, 
seeing other students like you in these positions doing all these amazing things like think about the people who are coming next how do you want to look to them how do you want them to look up to you just somebody who came here and filled that expectation that they had already set for us this low expectation that they typically do set or you don't have to reach for the stars if you want to but if you feel like going go I guess <laughs> yeah I mean I'll say this again I look up to y'all very much y'all are some of the greatest people I look up to and forever will look up to and I mean me and Paula got your back <laughs> well we'll march and fight we got your back because you truly have done extraordinary things to this campus, to this culture, to this community. I don't know how many more times I can say I'm proud on this episode without it, without it, I don't know. I just hope it sticks. And like, I'm very grateful. I've wanted to do this episode for a while. I know me and Carla have. And we're grateful that you guys accepted and you took the opportunity to speak, to be open. You're welcome and popping the bubble anytime that we're at. Hey, you wanna spill some tea? Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious. This is your platform just as much as it's mine and Carla. You're always welcome. We don't need to invite you. Just be like, hey, what you doing? This podcast, we'll be like, oh shoot, we having you. I'm serious. We, me and Carla never have anything planned. But that's not true. That's not true. I don't want to say that. We have stuff planned. But we love to have more stuff planned. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Carla. Yeah, I get it. I'm proud of y'all. Like, I, I, it is 12 o'clock at night. I'm tearing up. Sha, sha. Anyways. Oh, man. It's 12 o'clock on a Saturday. We got school in eight hours. <laughs> we do have school in eight hours. But I'm proud. I'm 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 proud to like be your friends. I'm proud to be co-heads in Latinos Unidos and Insight with y'all. Um, like I don't I don't there's there's so much I want to say, so little time. But like I'm proud. I'm just proud of the people we are and the things that we're doing. And thank you for coming on here and for being open and vulnerable and and honest about your experiences um because we have to and we have to start we have to start that because for there's no way that we can continue to shape the way the things that we say and tone everything down for other people because we're here and we're we're staying that's in reality we're staying there's going to be a lot more of us and they're going to have to deal with it so yo y'all saw y'all seen all the black people at school now i'd be like oh my god i'd be like oh my god that's a black person I be yeah, no. I've literally these past few days, I've met a new black person every day, yep. and I like run up to them too. I'm like, hey, I'm Tolly. <laughs> What's your name? Where you from? I get so happy, and they're probably looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with her? But like, I get so excited to see black people. I'm like, ah, it's crazy. But yeah. Um. Yeah, any last words from our two honored guests? Thank you for having me. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, we'll see what we, we'll see. 
anything in the future. No pressure <laughs> or anything, but just a little bit. But no pressure. <laughs> what, that's what they always tell us. Gotta, gotta start passing that down. But yeah, they say, thank they you. say no pressure, but they don't really mean it. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Z and Alex. This will not be the last time you're on this podcast. I mean, Z, you're like an honorary member. Facts. Twice. I mean, you you winning right now. You winning. Alex, we got to catch you up. It's okay. We have an episode planned. You'll be there. Yeah, you will. Yeah. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. <laughs> the once you come, you're like stuck. Can't go back. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. Okay. This is the end, but I really want to say thank you to Z and Alex for being on this episode. I know we did this late, but I'm really glad we had this conversation. I'm proud. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've said this this episode, but I'm proud. I'm excited for what you guys are going to do next. Me and Carla, we're going to be cheering in the front row, literally. Always. Always in the front row for you guys and yeah yeah so this is the end of our pwi series for now i've we've really enjoyed this series um we've just we've just had so much to say and we have so much more to say i think we had way too much fun we did (laughs) we did have a little too much fun um and for the amount of trauma that we unleashed i think that's a little concerning, but <laughs> um, yeah, this is the end for now. We do have plans. We're going to bring it back, but um, the next series is um, Hispanic Heritage Month, um, Latinx Heritage, and I got a lot to say about that. Tali knows, so um, stay tuned for that. And so yeah. before we go, Tali has um, something that she would like to share with us. I actually think this fits so perfect with the PWI. I found this on Twitter. Y'all know Twitter is my favorite place to be. But um, it's a little quote, a little phrase. And I think, especially for my Black people, my people of color, really anybody who's listening, this goes beyond school. This is life. This is how you set yourself up for success. But basically... It says, adjusting my environment to better reflect my desires. And if that isn't my goal for senior year, forever now, I'm gonna get that like written out or something. But yeah, let's adjust our environment to reflect our desires because it's our desires, our environment. And what better way to do that than make change? That's our little word of wisdom for this episode. Yeah. It's 12.40 a.m. I'm Tali. I'm Carla. And that's That's on Popping the Bubble.